Hi guys, this is Ronnie Fernandez, uh, LCSW licensed clinical therapist, and I'm here with uh, Joel Gutierrez. And uh, Joel, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell me a little bit about your background and uh, and what you're working on. Sure. My name is uh, Joel or Joel Gutierrez. Uh, currently, I serve uh, as the associate director for student involvement at Loyola Marymount University. So I work in higher education. Uh, prior to that, I was a director for Chicano Latino Student Services at the same university. Um, also uh, finishing up a, a PhD program, so a doctoral program at Chapman University uh, in education, focuses on culture and curriculum studies. So my research focuses on uh, Latinx masculinity, particular um, undergraduate men and how they make meaning of their masculinity. And I'm also, uh, Ronnie and I graduated uh, in her social work <laughs> program in 2013. Yeah, yeah, and that's why we kind of came together because we're kind of working on the same thing, um, you know. Uh, you know, where I, f I focus on men, and you're you're and and um, you know masculinity, and and so are you, you know, and and you're kind of honed down on the Latino um, uh, uh, masculinity. So I just thought it would be a great discussion because, man, it just it just sounds so interesting when we started talking. Like we got to put this on tape, man. <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. I think I think there's a lot of parallels, especially when you talk about masculinity. Uh, manhood, fatherhood, boyhood, like there's a lot of things and some of it is particular to Latinx community, Latino, some of it's not, some of it's particular to men of color, you know, so let's get in. Let's, let's have a right, conversation. Man. So let me know, well, what are you working on? What's your yeah. so, about? Uh, originally when I started the program four years ago, I wanted to focus something on the Latinx culture and at that time uh, in higher ed, at least in a lot of these universities and social activism, the term Latinx came about and we now know and you know, maybe some people know more, but um, the term Latinx is a kind of a gender fluid terminology. When you look at Latino, it's male, masculine and oriented, and you look at Latina, it's female oriented. So a lot of particular colleges, universities, social activist groups were really trying to focus on the non-gender binary of the language, right? So um, that led me down a road of gender norms within our community how we portray them, how we operationalize them, how we play to them in their day to day. And then of course, in any research, you got to funnel down to a main point. So right now, what I started doing uh, as of last year was really looking at how college going, so 18 to 22 year olds or 25, uh, Latino, Latinx men make meaning of their masculinity. Um, so where does it come from? What, what are their thoughts? What are their ideas? What are their art types? You know, is it is it so familial that they get it from their fathers? Is it you know, is masculinity kind of that machismo stereotype that we have? What is that machismo stereotype? Um, so what I did, and it's still in the works, so I'm, I'm uh, finished all my courses, I'm doing the data. I interviewed uh, seven gentlemen for a period, and, and you know, even in the Latino men, that was an interesting framework, right? So men don't talk through interview. I think we know that, right? Like, yeah. get men in, in therapy or even just to research, like, let's have an interview. So I didn't call them that. I said, you know, vamos a platicar. Like, let's just chat. Um, so even in my research, I don't call them interviews. I call them platicas, uh, which might be a little different, right? But that's the terminology that I chose to use. Um, you know, vamos a juntar and chilar and, you know, hablar. Like, that's just what we're going to do. We're going to chill. So yeah. I met these gentlemen, um, you know, in the coffee shop at our our local at our university. I met them in my office. Some of them, I, you know, we just had dinner, you know, because they were going through class or through through conversations or through organization meetings. So it was when they wanted to meet. Um, and they ranged from like an hour to two hours. We chatted, we talked. Um, very non-formal 
structure of I didn't have specific questions like tell me about a time when this happened but it was more like so how's your day dude what's going on and that led to deeper conversations about roles and masculinity um, so I used a lot of my social work skills uh, in therapy to kind of get that so what I have now is this you know beautiful data of all these stories all these ideas all these concepts and how these men think of their masculinity it's, and it's all different it's all different for these five gentlemen um, and, and there's different ways in which they form. There's different ways in which they, they, they create it. And it's, there's different struggles. So one of the themes that's coming out just on the data is that for these five men living in 2020 and, you know, around the 21st century, they understand that there's a new notion of masculinity, that you don't have to, you know, uh, be this tough guy. They understand it. But how they operationalize that in a relationship is very difficult. Yeah. So, yeah. So two gentlemen have uh, have significant others uh, and they have relationships. And one of the gentlemen, his story that I'm going to include in my research is, you know, I, and he's telling me this. He's like, I get it that my woman, you know, she she's getting her master's in Stanford. She's a, a grown ass educated Latina. And I support that. So, you know, we have conversations of roles and stuff. But every once in a while, she's like, well, why didn't you challenge me on this? Or why didn't you back me up this way? Or why didn't you do that? And he's like, I thought I was trying to keep you independent. And yeah. the whole conversation we had, he's like, it's confusing. And I think that's one of the themes is that during this kind of new era of what men are, there's a lot of confusion for young men. Yes. It's yeah. very, it's very confusing. And, and for, for me, it is definitely because, you know, um, my wife, she's, she's an attorney. And so being able to shift the roles you know what i'm saying where you know i'm the social worker therapist she's she's the attorney you know and it's just like where is that balance at you know when yeah. when do i be you know when should i be strong when should i try to kind of lean back when should i use my you know <laughs> the stuff that i've learned in school when do i don't do it <laughs> get that out of the window and so it, it it is it is very confusing and it's been a, a process you know and you know when me and my wife met it was you know, I didn't have a, a, a bachelor's or master's or, or anything. And how that worked out was, was very difficult, you know, and oh. the expectations on women as well. You know, I think on women now, they're supposed to be strong, but yes, but again, other, you know, uh, and caring too. So it's, it's difficult. Yeah, I think, I think there's a lot in that. And let's be clear, like, like, for me, I can't talk about masculinity without talking about femininity, without talking about gender roles. And that's really what my research is. Well, I'm mm. focusing now just for the dissertation and just to get this program done on just men, I, I have to look at it from a whole thing. And that's what you're talking about, right? In particular to, you know, gender roles. So, so I don't know if you know, but we graduated in 2013. Mm. Um, I didn't land a job till 2014. So I was like, we graduated in May. And I share this story a lot, so my wife's okay with it. <laughs> we graduated in May. Uh, I got married in August to my wife, and then we bought a house in October. Uh, so very much boom, but I still didn't have a job till January 2014. So I was wow. unemployed for all that time. And then there was a lot of, uh, and I, I'm typically, I would consider myself a non-macho guy. Like, you know, yeah. I'm very open to different ideas. And even that's like, as I say, that's stereotypical. Like, what is a macho guy and what's not? But we kind of can have yeah. an understanding, right? Yeah. Macho men are, um, you know, I'm very, you know, um, talkative, expressive emotions. We're social workers, damn it. Like we know yeah. what the hell we're doing. <laughs> but here it was six months, nine months without a job. And I was at home while my wife was earning the bread, while my yeah. wife was going to work. And I would come home and I'd 
try to have dinner ready for her or um you know the kitchen is a woman's space right and in our early relationship we're like no we're both gonna clean we're both gonna do that so i packed and we just moved so i put all the stuff away in the kitchen and she came home and she was furious she didn't talk to me for like three hours and i was like i don't understand what's going on yeah so finally she was like yo and again different roles right like i'm used to like if we got a problem let's talk it out she's yeah. like i don't have a problem with you i just need my time very male oriented yeah yeah no absolutely so yeah. then I, we finally figured out she's like you look like i know you're home all day but i wanted to do the kitchen because i think that's my space i'm like so even gender roles in a progressive family come together so we had to learn through that um and and i was getting some very much like male oriented you're a piece of shit like you can't work like in my own head like, yeah it was it, and that's never had that it, it tripped me up so to your point i think I think gender roles are very real and they're very confusing no matter your education, no matter your experiences, you're going to experience that because we all live in a societal kind of complex where they're there, they're normified, you know, they're there, they're, they're, they're out there. So, and with my research, these men are struggling with that. Like, how do I fit that into my new role? Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I, I, you know, when I was in school, I didn't work. You know what I mean? Like, so, so Joanne, you know, my wife was just, the one that was working you yeah. know, and I was going to school and go navigating through that was, was really difficult, you know, like whose role is what, and we had just gotten married. And yeah. so it, it, it was, it was, it was really tough. You know, it, it was, yeah. it was a really, and just trying to see who's going to do what. And, and then this, you know, what I should do as a man, what should I do as a husband, all those type of things come into play. But it, it and, and you, I think it's hard to, to judge like, what do I need to do as a man to feel manly? And what are some of the things that I, that I think I'm supposed to do? Yes. And, right. and that's difficult. Yeah, because we have like, you know, like, especially with masculinity, right? Like you, you read books and you see it. There's a lot of <clears throat> new kind of things, but even like, um, like the traditional man of like, you know, no sissy stuff, no, the, you know, like no crying, no, no, no feminine objects. Like that's manly, right? Like, yeah, not a sissy, he's not a wuss. Then you have yeah. like, you know, the other part of like, you got to be strong and, and like the sturdy oak, like that's yeah. manly, right? Like, yeah. And yeah. Then, stoic. Like, yes. Yeah, stoic. The other yeah, part very, of the yeah, man yeah. is, uh, you know, you, you got to go for what you are. It's all competitive nature. It's all yeah. like, you know, part of my friends, but it's all fuck everybody else. It's all about you. Right. Yeah. Well, these well, go, for me, these go very contrary to a social work degree. Yeah. Oh, very. I mean, I, I remember, and uh, I don't know, my, my grandfather recently passed away. And, and oh, you know, you look through that, different bro. pictures. Yeah. You look through pictures and you, you remember stuff. And I always remember the picture of John Wayne. I had a picture of John Wayne on, on there. And that was what I thought a man was. You know what I mean? And you had the at photo it. of John Wayne? Yeah. Yeah. He had a photo of John Wayne in, in, the, in the hallway of their house. And my grandfather was a lot like that. Very stoic, went to work, man. Whatever happened the day before, he got up and went to work. And that was your responsibility. You know what I mean? So did you know John Wayne's not his real name? Yeah. What's Isn't that crazy? Name? I don't know his real name, but what is his I, name? I, I was just looking at it, but it's uh, Morin Michael Morrison. Yeah. And, and if you look at him, and I see, I, I remember this because we talked about this, in a, in a, I forgot who I was talking about this, but John Wayne is your quintessential American man, right? Like him is like, it's mm -hmm. like Clint Eastwood, yeah. right? Yeah. John Wayne is a character and Michael, Mor Mor uh, Murray and Michael Morrison wore suits 
and got his nails done and had, you know, this beautiful hair. So it's yeah. very interesting to think like John Wayne is your, your idol, but even the guy who played John Wayne wasn't yeah. your typical man. Yeah. And I never saw a John Wayne movie. <laughs> yeah, right? right? But we, neither did I, but we know what the hell John Wayne is. But again, I say that because that's how ingrained this American and even Latino masculinity is, right? Because yeah. like, while, while these gentlemen I interviewed, they may not know who John Wayne is because we're older, um, yeah. but they have some pretty poignant things. Like, you know, um, another story that one of the men shared was that his uncle got married and, and he remembers like, you know, um, at, the, at the wedding, he was younger. I think he was like in his teens. His uncle got married. His grandfather came up to him and, you know, the, the, the student, the, my participant, my hermanitos. I call them my, my little hermanitos because that's what we did. We've created so much, so yeah. much bond that we're, they're just like my brothers. Um, he was crying because it was just a beautiful thing. And his grandfather looks at him and he goes, gives him a tequila and says, you know, we don't do that. No yeah. Like, you know, like we, we, don't, we don't cry, bro. We celebrate. I'm like, wow. Yeah. So at a wedding of a family, the emotion is not to cry. The emotion is to keep on drinking tequila yeah yeah and it's very like that's ingrained in in the culture that's ingrained in the manhood that's ingrained in in whatever you're at not just american but mexican and even salvadoreño and all that stuff everything like man i mean if if i called you up hey man i'm having a rough time here's go grab a beer right and that's what we're gonna do exactly (laughs) exactly Exactly. (laughs) yeah but that's how we talk shit out right that's how we do that's how we talk it out yeah that's yeah, why no. for me it was very clear that I, i'm not gonna go t- do these interviews with these guys i'm like yeah i just want to talk with you man where do you want to talk you want to get some food you want to get some things because i had to create it comfortable for them too yeah right? and, and that's what you have to do in order to talk about these bigger issues you have to create some comfort for the individual yeah no absolutely and you know through through even through my research and stuff that I, that i try to do for for uh, for my practice was you know the big thing is that men don't do therapy you know what i mean like how how, how am i going to be able to talk to men you know what I mean and, and especially the ones that don't want to be there you know and 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 even doing with these with the pod, you know the podcasts that I do is that you kind of have to I don't know well I mean I started the podcast because I knew men didn't talk so right. how how are we gonna get them to talk you know so well let me let me put some stuff out there and having men talk and how do I get other men to do a podcast tell them you know ask them what was their greatest victory how were they able to get the, over the challenges, right? Oh wow! So I was reading this book, and, and uh, um, because there's, there's not a lot of lot of books about men's mental health, but it's, it says, when do you see men cry? When when they win a Super Bowl, when they win something, they were able to overcome a challenge, and then mm. they were like, it's over, and then boom, then the tears come, and then everything, then it's okay because you accomplished something, and so that's why I started the podcast was. To, to have a space where they're able to do it. And you can listen to the podcast and you'll see, you'll see and hear men get, you know, get emotional yeah. and talk about it and all that kind of stuff. But that's where you have to come, you have to come in strong. Like what was the best, what was the great thing that you overcome, overcame? Tell me about that. How were you able to do that? And then you work down, you know? Wow. So- I've heard some of your podcasts and I've heard some of the shows. I think uh, one of the one I liked, I think it was one of the first ones where you're meeting with the former mayor. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah yeah, that, more, yeah 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 that was the one i liked because to your, i didn't realize at the time you just synthesized it because he's talking about a challenge 
Yeah. And he's talking about how it's dead. I think you found a way to decode <laughs> men. <laughs> for, for real. I mean, I, I think about it because even I go back to some of the interviews that I've done with these guys and we're talking about challenges. We're talking about like, I don't know how to get through my girlfriend. We're talking about, I don't know how to, how to excel in this part or yeah, this part was weird for me or, you know, I didn't grow up with a father. So my mother, yeah. now my mom's tripping because I'm in California and she's in New Mexico and, and I'm not going to church, you know, like yeah. it's something really interesting. Um, but I think you found a decoding in that because that's, you're absolutely right. I would say that, you know, men don't listen, uh, sorry, men, men don't talk, but we listen. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. We're all listening, but nobody's talking. And you got, you got to get this stuff out. You got to get these things out because I thought, I thought this would be very difficult. I thought this would be difficult to get, you know, five to seven, 18 to 24 year olds and have them talk for me for an hour for a week you know, for like, you know, six weeks, it was easy. Yeah. And, and I don't know, and I, I'm not saying this in all humility. I don't know if it was just that they did feel comfortable with me. Cause that's the other thing I think. Yeah. Cause you know, like Ronnie, you and I are cool. We go way back. There's a comfort there because we've had these conversations before. Yeah. Right. So like, I'm, that's what I'm curious to you is when you meet new men and you do new work with it, what's that comfort? So I'll come back to that. Yeah. Right. But I think, I think that's the other thing that I noticed that I think men want to talk about these conversations. They want yeah. to, do, they don't want to do it in their oh, homes. Man. Yeah. Con la familia. They don't want to do it in a big group, but they yeah. want to talk to other men who get them about the shit that's going on. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. It's, uh, it's, it's crazy, man. Once you, you know, close that door or once you, or even like even sitting out, sitting with a bunch of friends or even just with one friend and you tell them well, what's going on, man. Or, or like, just, yeah, especially if they know you're a therapist, you know they'll they'll, yeah. they'll spew spew it out, man. And <laughs> Whether you like it or not. No, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, I love stories, and that's why that's why I'm a, I'm a you know I wanted to be a therapist. Yeah. Was it's just like this. Once they sit down, for 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 the majority for the majority of the men, it's usually, or they'll ask about my background, you know, where I came from. We just kind of like whatever. We'll just kind of start a conversation first, but. I mean, I think that's all it is, man. I don't see it as much of a challenge as we think. I think, I don't know, I mean, we'll probably get into this later, but even, you know, um, just how uncomfortable people are when men share their feelings, yeah. their reaction. Yes. Especially, I think even especially with women, you know what I mean? They'll yes. say, oh, you can cry during a movie or whatever, but when stuff goes down and you see a man cry, man, I mean, it, it's like, holy crap, this is real. You know what I mean? Like, like, so we're supposed to like hold it because you know most women are very emotional and and they'll kind of go there and it's like okay we i need to stay focused and just stay here and you know they'll go all over the place and you kind of bring it down in most in most cases not all the time but in most cases and so i think we're kind of we're really good at that you know but i think with some when we say that we're really good at holding emotions you know it's, it's a whole like live by the sword die by the sword type of thing where we're gonna read you know we're going to do it too much, you know? So I, I don't know. That's my, my feeling on that, man. No. And I, I think you're right. Cause that, that goes to the whole I'm processing all you're saying. Cause I would agree with you, right? Like there's, there's on one hand, cause you see it then, right. You see the comfortability that men have talking to other men about what's going on and whether it's because we're therapists, right. Or we have like, for me, I have a, uh, I have a therapeutic background. I don't, I don't do therapy right now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but we're, we're trained, right? We're trained. Yeah. But also we have a desire. Like you said, I love it. Like you like stories. That's why you became a therapist. On the other hand, we have this kind of, 
societal notion that men are supposed to be these big rocks and what happens when the rock crumbles we get we get defensive we get scared we get you know nervous we being the other side right so when you see a man cry you're like oh shit if it's during the super bowl you're happy with them and you start crying too if it's during a boxing match or whatever sporting event right right like that's what happens but you see a guy crying at a funeral you see a guy crying at work or i mean heaven forbid you see a male cry at work right yeah Right, but oh, man. Do, he's like, having a he's having a mental breakdown. Like right? that, that would be the first thing. Yeah. yeah, and that's the same thing, right? Like, I, I think that does happen to women as well, right? Like, you know, especially in my field, uh, you know, it's a it's a female dominated field. Student affairs is a female dominated field, um, which I say that knowing the uh, the lower and mid levels are female dominated, but the higher levels are male dominated fields. Yeah. So we still know that that's the whole male hierarchy and whatever. Anyway. <laughs> other other conversation about hierarchy yeah uh, but i think you're right that when you see when you see emotions in certain areas it's not valid and yeah. for women and men it's it's not valid for different reasons for women they're too emotional they're too this they're too xyz for men you're not supposed to do that yeah like, there's a disconnect men aren't supposed to have these emotions of sadness of vulnerability of anxiety you're not supposed to have it because you're supposed to be the strong people and, and again gender yeah. roles like we we experience them by the binary but we experience them for different reasons yes Absolutely. Yeah. and then but then now like present day we're telling and this is one of the main reasons i opened my practice was that we're telling boys you know and, and young men to express all their feelings and all their emotions and i think that's that's kind of doing you know it's, it's doing a disservice i really mm. do i i think we're not teaching boys okay i mean how to balance the two you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's not, you know, we can't tell the boys, okay, you need to be strong, 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 and then say you need to show your feelings. But like, the the way men, and 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 I haven't heard this argument, you know, where we don't we don't talk about how men deal with trauma, how men deal with with um, hard situations. We're aggressive. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna be we're gonna be assholes to each other. We're we're gonna try to to, to make other people feel that pain that we're feeling. So if you make somebody that's overly emotional, how are they going to be prepared for that? When mm-hmm. other men that have been through trauma, where they're going to be aggressive, where they're going to show those kind of behaviors, are they going to be prepared for that life? And, that, yeah. and that's, that's my big thing right now. It's like, we need, we need to have a balance. You can't just say, share your feelings. Like, whoa, you know? <laughs> yeah. I would also say too, I, I think a lot of, at least for my work, because it, it I mean, I focus on Latino young men right now, right? So a lot of that has to do with one, the the cultural hierarchy, right? So for like what works for for the dominant white male doesn't yeah. work for other men. Yeah. Um, but then also too, I would say the standard is the male, right? Like we still live in a heteronormative, masculine dominant way, um, and I think that's part of the confusion, right? So yeah. where um, where therapy was. I mean, Freud, look at Freud, right? Wait, I mean, we all know Freud's problematic, but like the, the beginning of psychoanalytic therapy was a white male talking to upper level women about their problems. And then he would say, you're hysterical, right? So, so yeah. we have to put that into the historical context too. Yeah. Uh, I think you're right is that, okay, so now we're at a point where we're, we're telling male, female and non-gender young, young people express all your feelings, right? 
but then what do you do with those feelings? Yes. And that's what I tell students now. Yes. Like, look, feelings are normal, right? They're natural. Happiness, sadness, frustration, anger, you know, joy, all that stuff's normal. It's what you do with them that make the better choice or not. Not right or wrong, but what you do with them that makes the best choice. So if I'm angry and I'm going to go to a staff meeting and punch the shit out of my boss, that's probably not the best choice. Yeah. But if I'm yeah. angry and I'm going to kind of figure it out and then voice my frustration in, a, in this way that's productive, that might be the better choice. But I yeah. agree with you, like, because now we're just talking about so much about emotions without, um, th there's a word that we use in higher ed, and a lot of people use it actually, but resiliency, right? Yeah. Like, like Duckworth, grit. Yeah. And that's grit. what she was saying with grit. Like, those people that have grit, they will survive, they will be successful, but how do we teach grit? Correct. And yes. I think that's where we need to go, right? Yeah, I think I mean I I mean I loved her book. I I, I her 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 TED talk. It makes sense. Like it makes perfect sense. I mean that's, I mean look man. I I have you know, <laughs> dyslexia, speech impediment, all this stuff. You know, grew up in East LA, right. Alhambra, that kind of area. And if it wasn't for grit, man, I wouldn't I wouldn't be here at all. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, and so, and I think we're telling kids now it's like okay, well I have all this oppression. I have all this stuff, so there's no way I can do it. And I and I think that you're seeing. You're gonna see a lot, and it's been increasing since what 2016 of suicide rates, all yeah. you know, anxiety, depression is because we're not okay. We we understand that, okay, but what now? Like, what do we do to overcome those type of those type of challenges? You know, and, and I think one of the points you're you're bringing up, it made me think based on this project that I'm doing, and even based on maybe what you're doing is there's not enough examples either. Like we're not we're not we're not just teaching them. We're not just uh, not teaching them how to be gritty and how to do and how to learn this or how to control your emotions or, you know, uh, behavior modifications, if you will. Right. There's also not enough examples. Correct. Like, and I yeah. think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this because then it would give me an opportunity. Not, not that I am the only example, but like, yeah, let's talk. Because when I, when I chat with these guys, I'm sharing my shit too. Cause yeah. that, that's the other part, right? Like in traditional therapy, um, you know, again, way school, uh, old school, but it's like, you just talk about the client. Right, which is fine. That's what you need to do. But yeah. what, what I'm doing is, it's it's creating a liminal space where I share as much as they do or more, so then we can create this new kind of partnership. Yeah, and I think that's what's needed too. Like they know, um, we were talking about that guy with, um, you know, his father in a wedding, and I, I I told him like you know that I've only seen my dad cry, I think two times, and both of those were at a funeral. One for his brother and one for his son. And even wow. when I graduated um, with my master's, I, I had to ask my dad, dad, are you proud of me? He's like, yeah, I guess so. But it's yeah. like the idea in, 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 in this, the participant, my little hermanito's like, dude, that sucks. I'm like, it did at that moment, but I also had to understand what, I can't expect my father who doesn't express his emotions and never learned how to do that and never taught how to do that to do that for me. Like I was taught how to do that. I was shown how to do that. I was shown how to do it. I can help him through his process, but him saying yeah i guess so really means yeah i am proud of you yeah and, and accept that yeah but it's it's, it's hard man because you are you the first one to graduate or, oh, or dude, i'm the first one in my little family to graduate high school yeah yeah and i, I think with that part especially especially coming from from that type of because I, I came from the same same type right i don't i don't think they really grasp what we did you know what i mean it doesn't oh, yeah. you, you know what i'm saying like once yeah. once you pass you know your father i I think it's um, and, and it took me a while to process it 
it's like they're 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 in fear for you. They're scared for you because they can't. They're not no longer. They can no longer guide you. And I think right. it's that like, oh man, like I'm worried. You know Because I mean? once I once I passed my dad, it was just like, hey man, don't mess up, don't mess up. You know what I mean? It wasn't because yeah. th- there was there was nothing. For, you know, like I felt he felt that there was no way to guide me. Right. And so I don't I don't think they kind of grasp what's going on or they're fearful for us because this is the path that's not that hasn't been taken yet. Yeah, I think it's it's all new terrain, right? Like we're trailblazers. So then what happens when you're a trailblazer is you're often alone. Yeah. And, and then what do you do with that, right? Which is why, again, I think for me, like that mentorship is really important. However you do it, right? Like for young men, like they need mentors who are not just in their family, but, you know, yeah, like, hey, like you and I, Ronnie, like we, we both got uh, advanced degrees. Yeah, like, like still mentor. Because I'm thinking about your mentoring program you, you started. Like yeah. that's, that's why that is so important. Because no matter who you are, male, female, non-gender binary person, you know, whatever, you're going to need people you look up to, not just to look up to, but for advisement, for support and for yeah. like, Hey, can I make it through? Yeah. Oh, cause you did. All right, cool. Like yeah. you need those levels. So I agree yeah. with you. Yeah. How did you I think it's that? hard for our families? It's, it's hard, man. Cause it is, it's, it's hard to grasp. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. especially when we grew up where we grew up and we, you know, there's a lot of like, these great dreams and we see people that are super talented and super smart and they weren't able to, to, to get where they wanted to go, but yeah. you were, you know what I mean? And, and so it's, it's crazy. Cause that's all they've seen. They just seen people like have these dreams and have these talents and something goes wrong. And, yeah. and that's what I've seen through my experience of like, they're, 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 they're just, they're, they're concerned for you. They don't know how to guide you there. And, and that's why they don't really grasp it. So, I mean, that's, my process in it because there's not a lot of literature on this man here <laughs> this no like... i mean you're right there's not i mean you know after this we'll probably have to share some books <laughs> yeah yeah um, but i think you're right because it's like you know i grew up in san diego right by the tijuana border so of course like you know there, there's not a lot of people who are now like you know under 40 getting a phd that i grew up with right and, and then yeah. just the route that i took uh but i wonder too because what happens and this is what i tell students is once you're um once you hit a level similar to what you're saying that your parents and even your father, since we're talking about men and masculinity and all that stuff, the feeling of they can't support you because you're in a whole new level. I also think because you're in a whole new level, there's certain expectations of you as a man now. Yeah. Like because, because I was the first one I graduated high school and because I was the first one to go to college and then go to masters. So now there's a whole other tribe of cousins and nephews and nieces who are like, okay, well, you know, if you want go ask Joel because he knows. Or yeah. go do, my cousin, right? My nephew right now is going to UCSD, and and it's me trying to you know educate him on this is what an application looks like. This is yeah. this. This is yeah. what you're gonna do. And I think it's a whole new level of a part of being like that's now being a man. Like being a man is not just like you're there, you're ha ha ha. No, now you're teaching another person how to do it. Yeah, and I think that's something that nobody talks about. Like, you know what I mean yeah. like we we think this this this. Uh, this notion of being a man is being all about success and being on top of the, what is it? The mm. king of the hill, right? Yeah. Nah, I'm trying to dismantle that. My goal yeah. is that everybody, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be at the hill, but I'm creating stairs for you. I'm creating ropes. I'm creating new ways for you to come up because I don't want to be the king of the hill. I want all of us to be on top of that hill. Yeah. And I think that's a new way that men are, are moving. At least that's what I hope. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's always been, I think that the plan is like, you just try to bring people up with you. Yeah, you know, and and then because it's like you know you you. Know, that's I not guess. manly, bro. That's not manly 
to bring people up with you, it's not, at least for me in the literature I read, yeah. our, our spec is not what's considered a traditional man. Yeah. I think, I think we're challenging that because one, our culture, two, our experience, and then three, our non-traditional male traits. Yeah. Yeah. It's, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's just, it's interesting, man, because, yeah. And, and it's, even thinking like, why do this type of stuff? You know I mean like, why, even for me, like, why do a podcast? Why go right. into this field, do all this stuff? And it, it's, it's, and, and I think about it, it's like, if we don't do it, who else? Like, right. there's not a lot of people that look like us that have advanced degrees, that have experiences that we have. And it's just like, okay, who are we waiting for? Like, who are we waiting for? You know? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, hey, we have to do this. Like, I don't want to do this, man. Like, I would say, like, I don't want to do this. Like, I'd rather just be at home, hang out with my kids and doing <laughs> stuff like that, man. But then I have that push, like that push that you yeah. have. Like, you, you need to fulfill something. You need to, you know, I, I do a lot of uh, reading on the hero's journey, you know? And, right. and, and that, and that to me, that's a huge, huge thing. It was it Jason Campbell. Like, he, yeah. like that's, it's, it's interesting, man. You know, so. So I don't know, man. I mean, I really like this discussion. I think we should definitely do <laughs> talk about this more because, again, there's not a lot of stuff out here like on no, I, I think that's part of, you know, I agree with you that the, why we do the work we do, right? Well, if not now, then when? If not who, then if not me, then who? Yeah. Right? And yeah. I agree with you. And I think a lot of that comes from our first generation responsibility. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think it comes because we're like, you know, whether it's first generation college students or first generation immigrants or even second generation or culture, but I think, you know, we, we have, we have that responsibility that that's what, that's what it, it's, it's, it's a drive. It's a passion. I do think it's a sense of responsibility to a community. Yeah. yeah. Because I, and I'll be honest, there's like, in, in what I read, there's Latino, like Latino men are talking about this, um, but not at the rate of like, you know, there's how many books are there on Freud and how many books are there on, you know, passive aggressiveness for anybody. Right. But like to centering male, maleness, male mental health, Latino mental health, black mental health, like yeah. there's not a lot, but they are, but there are still those that don't do this part. And I think that's the thing that's, that's missing. Like, like I need to chat with Ronnie so that Ronnie can go. And when he chats with his clients and his business and his things, he can do that. When I go to my healing circles and chat with my hermanitos, we can do that. Like, it's create it's the responsibility of creating the community of collective consciousness that's really what it is yeah and and having this dialogue like this is important stuff like it's important that we're talking about it because we get you know i I think we get caught up on one side you know if you're if you're you know republican democrat conservative liberal whatever you get to your side and that's it like no it's we're at a point now where it's like you just do the you know you try to pick the best you know um thing for yourself you mean you just like you don't have to be all the way right or all the way left. It, it needs to be a constant discussion. You know, I mean, um, my, you know, a lot of my opinions, opinions have changed over the past month. You, you hear me? Just by having this, you know, different types of dialogue, you know, and even, you know, just kind of thinking about what's going on. So um, I think we're at a point now where we need to start having dialogue and instead of saying like, oh, you're, I think this way and you think that way and then you're terrible. You right. know? <laughs> no, and I, I think you're right. I think it's a very, I mean, we're, we're politics is very divisive right now there's polarizing opinions i think in terms of talking about in particular your 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 research and my research about masculinity like that now's a great time to talk about it because like i mean i look at it like dude gillette like and i'm sure you've seen that commercial with oh gillette. man like, yeah like, you know now it's not time for men to be men like we have to stand up and like they're watching i'm like gillette 
a multi-billion dollar company, right? Probably, you know, the manliest company, they make razors for God's sakes, right? Like is now thinking, hey, men, we need to do better. Yeah, now's the time to have these conversations. Now's the time to have these like that. Yeah. And that's partly why I chose this because I'm like, there's something brewing, right? Not just this current Black Lives Matter re- revolution going on, not just that. That is great, that is awesome. But I also think these are times that our social consciousness is changing in what we think a man should be, what we think a woman should be, what yeah. we think should be together or not together, or what do we think about gender? I mean, Bill Nye just said gender is fluid from a scientific point of view. Bill Nye, the science guy, said that. He's like, like, our bodies have said that. Like, we already know. So I'm like, yeah, let's have these dialogues because I think with these dialogues, we expand our viewpoints. Exactly. And I completely, and I think totally different what you said. (laughs) Well, and that's fine. And we need to talk about it. Like, we need to talk about Gillette. Like, how I just wanted to punch the screen, (laughs) punch my screen when I heard that. I was like, what are you talking about me? And then about, like, you know, like, so... And and I think and it's okay and it's okay right. to think different and it's okay and you know what let's have a dialogue and then like huh my mind might change a little bit your mind change a little bit yeah. and and because or just even the plain fact of seeing the other person's point of view I think yeah. that that's what's what's most important of like what you know okay well why do you think like that oh yeah could you explain to it ah, that makes sense this is why I think because of what I think oh okay that makes sense too ah you're not an a hole hey you're not an a hole either yeah. <laughs> And I think part of that dialogue, Ronnie, and I have to say this because we ha- we also have a history of respect. Yeah, and I that's think that's true. partly why some of the dialogues aren't happening the way in which you and I are suggesting they should. Is because you and I go way back, but it's it's not even just because we were classmates. Like we we have a mutual respect, and we've already had a conversation. We've broken the ice. Yeah, like you know, and I think that's hard for some people to, you know, it, I'm gonna own it. it. It's very hard for me to have a discussion of of critical thought and even just this with somebody who I don't feel either respects me as a person or like i'm not i'm not i'm not saying my piece to challenge you because i can never change somebody's mind like i already know that like i can't change i can't change your mind ronnie i can only give you opportunity to expand and think about your own process i think i think you can't but it it has to be it has i think what you talked about respect i think that has to be the thing because my my mind has been changed a bunch i've said some things like wow i shouldn't have said that or wow like but that's part of the process. So, but I remember things that I that I used to think, and other people think that way. You right. know what I'm saying? And so it's like, oh, cause I understand because I thought that way for you know for a couple of years. But it's it's being able to have dialogue. It's being able to respect that what that person is saying. And, and right. And I think that's my point. Like I, Joel, can't change your mind. You, Ronnie, through a conversation, mm. through an experience, through this, then you will, that allows you to have a new way of thinking, right? And I think that's that's the point I'm trying to say. Like, so when I go into these conversations, my goal isn't to change your mind. My goal isn't to do that. My goal is to express either some ideas, some thoughts, some pop, beliefs, whatever I have, to help you if you want it, right? Yeah. And I think that's part of the polarization that everybody's kind of just their own fucking guard you mean yeah i think this way and that's it it's just like ah, no yeah and, and i get that too i really do right and especially now because there are some really bad things going on right there are yeah. some really bad things going on really bad things going on um but i think we can have conversations one of the challenges is having that mutual respect so for you and i and and all your 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 thing that's what i noticed throughout your podcast is that you do have a lot of respect for who you invite yeah no, absolutely. For somebody to share their their story, I mean that's always that's always a big thing. That's always the biggest for me. Like what I what I do is when people open up, like wow, that's 
it's a privilege, man. It's a privilege yeah. for people to open up their story to you and, and trust you with that, with that information. So no, I absolutely, man. But God, what would do we have to do this again, man? And, uh, yeah. and, and, uh, just kind of, kind of have to get some time to think about what we just said. So, and I've only played. So. Yeah. No, let me, absolutely. let me, uh, let me finish the research. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but right. even, but even we, you might even just do like, you know, we'll talk about the Gillette commercial or we'll talk I am, about i am okay with that we'll just, just dissect and, that yeah because i yeah because I, I think we have different point of views but yet we respect each other so we can i think talk about it i don't think we're gonna get too angry but <laughs> 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 right. all right man well, i'm gonna go ahead and and do yeah we're gonna have to do this again peace out man all right